the morning to your pizza. You smoothie, me ice cold pizza. Cafe Ole, Latte Da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like the wake up on. Cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning. Making time 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Chedline. Thank you, God. Thank you this morning. You're making diamonds out of dust. Woo! That's you. That's me. And we just thank God for it. Diamonds out of dust. How about that?
And I'm going to call it a backdoor prayer. Come into agreement with me if you can. If you can, just wait it out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you this morning to forgive our generational lines and us for all unrighteous thoughts and for all the times that we believe the lies of the devil, of Satan, demons, witches, whatever. I ask you this morning to please forgive us for not setting our minds on things above and for allowing any of the enemy's lives to, to settle through any fear, any worry. And sometimes just forgetting to dominate our thinking. You see, Lord God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are our creator, designer, programmer. And this morning, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to block. No, I ask you to access your back door to our brain and our mind, which is like an elaborate computer system. Close all doors that should be closed and open all doors that should be opened so that the gates of our minds may never be shut against you. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, I ask you to kill all viruses and erase all ungodly pathways. Holy Spirit, upgrade our speed, our memory, our storage capacity so that we can quickly process and recall all that you want us to know. Father God, in the name of Jesus, reprogram us, upgrade our existing programs and install new ones that align with your latest designs for our lives as we, God, progress grow and mature into the fulfillment of your purpose and your plans according to your will for our lives. And Father, set our spirit, soul, and body according to divine alignment with your Holy Spirit in us. Set it for automatic updates and releases. Thank you, Father God, for building a firewall of your truth within us to which deception cannot penetrate. And Lord Jesus, continuously install your word of God as our always up-to-date antivirus program. Please cause all of our thoughts to be aligned with yours so that we can And do always understand what you're doing and know how to respond appropriately in this world as your kingdom is approaching. Conform us to your image, Lord Jesus, by the power of your own Holy Spirit. 
I ask all these things this morning in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus. Yes, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, you're falling in love, fall in love with the right person, the right someone, hallelujah.
I could get Nancy to give that a testimony this morning. I don't know. Nancy, let me go over here to the speaker. Uh, Nancy, I talked to Jessica yesterday, briefly, very briefly, and um, I hope it's okay if I say this, but I need to, Nancy. I need you to, I need you to help me boost people's faith this morning. Nancy, could you call in the blog talk if it's okay, if it's all right? Um, I, brothers and sisters, some of you know, some of you don't know, but all the tailliners know uh, what Nancy has been through <clears throat> this past year. Well, Nancy, I, I, I want you to call in the blog talk, Nancy. Nancy retired from her job. She'll have to tell you how long. She had been on that job. But um, somebody, somebody, somebody came in that job with some witchcraft. <clears throat> and they, they, they start working this witchcraft. I, I guess a lot of people felt it because they wanted people's jobs. And, um, well, Nancy, can you dial in the blog talk? What's the last four on your number? I think it's, what's the last four? So Nancy had a retirement party and the whole thing, you know, (laughs) retired. And I said, Nancy, uh uh-uh, they're going to call you back. They need you. You've been on that job too long. Hey, Nancy, I got your mic open. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And and so um, you can say if I'm telling the story right. Yes. I said, I said, Nancy, I said, I don't care what you say or what. I said, they're going to call you back. Listen to me. I said, because sometimes when I'm talking, I say, listen to me. They're going to call you back, and they're going to they're gonna offer you your job back. And Nancy kind of said, yeah, okay, well, yeah. You know, she didn't really believe it. <laughs> but she was too polite to tell me, I don't believe you, but whatever, whatever. So I get this call from Jessica. And it was a testimony. Nancy, can you give your own testimony? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um. You did tell me that I I back in um, July of 2019 um, I had turned in my notice that I was just gonna go ahead and retire and I was just getting I guess um, tired and plus one other I wanted to have more time for my boys. Every time they came over, I I would have to cut them short, the visits short, because I would have to get up to go to work at 3 in the morning. So it would be like 8 o'clock, and I'd be like, okay, okay, guys, I love you. Like, um, i got to go to bed. i gotta, I got to take a shower. i got to go to bed. And so when I thought about retiring, I thought, now I can stay up as late as 
you know, when as late as they want to stay because they're 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 young, they're more night owls. So I went in and retired in late August, early September, and I remember Doctor Erica telling me that don't don't don't, you know, it's not it's not your time, it's not your time, and I was like. Yeah, it's just, it's time, it's time. You know, it's better for the younger people to take over and maybe they just have better ideas or just a different ways. And and I've been doing this for four years, so maybe it's just better. And she could say, no, it's not, it's not your time. You need, to, you need to stay, you need to stay. And, but I went ahead. And I like she said, I had the party, the big cake, the flowers, the big send off. And um sure enough, um I had been getting texts little by little from you know, my ex supervisor like, How was I doing? And finally she just sent me a text like I know I know I didn't want to bother you. I know you needed this time but I really, really, really could use your help if you wanted. Would you ever be interested in coming back? And I was like, wow, um, who do you want me to come back? You have three young people. It took three young people to replace my job. Um, mm. You have three people there now doing what I did. And he was like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, but it's, they're not you. It's not you. Um, I was like, wow. Um, so what happens with those people? And he said, well, as soon as you give me the okay and you're okay to come back, we're going to let them go. And I was like, you're, you're just going to let them go? And he said, yeah, we'll bring you in slowly. You know, we'll bring you in, you know, slowly because, I I mean, I haven't been working almost, you know, a few months. And he goes, we'll start at your pace. If you want to start two days out of the week, fine. If you want to start three days or if you want to start five, whatever you want, whatever days you want. When you want. (laughs) Yep. And... I thought about it, and I mentioned it to my husband. What do you think about me going back to work? And she was just kind of like, really? Do you really want to go back? I thought, you know, you don't want to. And I was like, well, I thought about it, and then my sister said to pray about it. And and a lot of things changed in my life while I've been home. All the time I wanted to give to my boys, well, it's it's just I just ended up having too much time on my hands now, and I I kind of thought about it and I said yeah I I think I want to go back I just want to go back for you know even if it's just for a little bit um so you know I I kind of thought about it for a few couple of weeks or so and. I finally decided, and I said yes, and it was so funny. I, my sister was the first one I shared it with, the, the news, and, like, instantly, she had already talked to you, 
And she just said, see, she she prophesied this. She prophesied this. And then I started going back, and I said, yes, yeah, she did. She did. She told me, they're, nope, they're going to call you back. They're, and they're going to give you more pay. And I was like, uh, I don't know. They didn't really want to pay me now. What I what I get what they're paying me now, and I think in a way they really want me to retire so they could hire new people for less pay, which they did, they did, and so when I told them yes, and I said okay, let's talk about the pay. Um, how is that going to work? And I said I I won't go back. Right before I left in September. They had given me $2 more. And I told them I won't go back for less than what I left. And I and I remember them, like, really, like, they didn't really want to give it to me. Um, not my supervisor, not the people I work with, but the people on top. You know, the people who decide the pay. And uh, he called me back, like, not even an hour later, texted me back, done. Done. What else do you need? What else do you need? It was done. And I was like, uh, uh, and I was like, I didn't even know have any more what to say because he just said, you work as little as you want, you work as much as you want, whenever you want to start, you know, we'll break in your body back in again, you know, get to moving. And then I, I kind of like, got scared and I thought, what if I forgot everything? He's like, I doubt it. I bet you'd remember every single thing, like, in a couple of hours. You'd remember all the phone numbers, all the order numbers, everything. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do still remember them, you know. So I went ahead and then uh, my sister was just, see, you have to call her, you have to call her. Everything she said, everything she said, it's it just, it's coming, and she kept telling me one other thing. She's like, remember what else she said was going to happen? Remember? She goes, that's going to be next. You mark that. That's going to be next. And, and then I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember, and I'm going to be checking them off one by one. You know, I have my little checkbook where I'm going to put, yes, she did say this was going to happen. Yes, she did say, and I'm just going to be marking them off, marking them off. To God be the glory, Nancy. Let me tell you you why your testimony was so important this morning. Yesterday, as we were going off the TED line, I saw Brother West put, pray for, I forget how many people, how many thousands of people he said that don't have jobs. And I looked at that. I looked at that, and I said, "God, they may not have jobs." I say, "But the headliners and the people serving you, if they don't have jobs, you're gonna create new business for them." I said, "You're gonna create new revenue streams for them." I said, "And they're not gonna take jobs for less than your value in them." I, that's what I said to God. So then. Jessica, uh, when I talked to Jessica and I heard, I said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Now we got to put this here out in the airwaves. Airwaves. 
Nancy got to give this testimony so that all these people, and, and all day long, I kept asking Brother Joe and Jose, I said, these people going back to work, I said, do they have jobs? I said, are, are they going to be able to go back to their job? God just kept this thing. So I prayed all night. But now your testimony sealed it, Nancy. You hear me? Yeah. Your sealed it. Ted Liner, don't you worry about no job. You worry about God's plan and God's purpose in your life that's going to feed you and sustain you and bless you because God just keeps on blessing us. Okay? <laughs> Amen. Um, Praise God. And he keeps on blessing us. This is a song that my father-in-law wrote. The title of the song is You Keep On Blessing Me. Over and over again. Come on, y'all. Over and over again. Here we go. Let's try this. Clap your hands. Come on.
you get in the flow, I think those of you that play football, they call it the zone. When you get in the zone, when you get in the flow of the Holy Spirit, it just gets greater and greater and greater. I'm going to talk to you in a minute about that passive miracle.
try to get some more of these testimonies um, this coming week. It's coming up. I'm going to try to get some more of these testimonies on here. But I'm going to tell you something. This is just something I'm going to tell you. Watch oil. Watch oil. All gifts. You see? Just watch oil. Watch oil. All getting ready to just watch. See, you're not supposed to be. Look, just watch oil, okay? Just watch it. Those of you that that um, are familiar with the stock market, just watch oil. I don't care what it looks like right at this moment. Watch it. Watch what's going to happen. And let me tell you something else. We're about to experience a big migration. There was a, a migration. I think of, I can't remember. It was around, and it, it had something to do with oil back then. It always generally does, but there's going to be a big migration in America. People going to move. People getting ready to move. People getting ready to change their geology. I mean, geology, geography. What was that about? That all? <laughs> Watch all. Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 34. Watch oil. Watch what I'm telling you. Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 34. I'm talking about passive miracles. You know, passive, kind of laid back miracles that happen according to the will of God without any big fanfare. They just happen. It just happened. They don't just happen because they just happen, but they happen because they were in the plan and purposes and the will of God for the individual from the from the beginning. In Mark chapter five, starting at verse twenty four it says, And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And Jesus looked around to see who had done it. The Bible says, But the woman knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Where this story is recounted in the Bible, Jesus had just crossed from the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee to the Jewish side. As Jesus arrived in the harbor, a crowd was there to greet him and shouting, demanding for his attention. One man in particular made it all the way to Jesus. His name was Jairus, and he was a prestigious man in the community because he was a leader of the synagogue. So his status, his status, ensured that he reached Jesus. And when he arrived before Jesus, he threw his prestige to the wind 
and fell on his knees, begging Jesus to come and heal his daughter, who was about to die. Jesus agreed to see his daughter and went along with Jairus, and the crowd began the journey from the harbor up to Jairus' house. Now, the Bible tells us that somewhere in this crowd was a woman. It doesn't tell us her name. It doesn't tell us her age. It doesn't even tell us her social status. We only know a few things about her, and none of them are happy. This woman had been suffering from a medical condition for 12 years. The symptoms seemed to be the same as if she had been ministrating for that entire time period. We don't know if it began when she started ministrating or if it happened later. We only know that for 12 years, she had been dealing with this condition. Now, for us, in this 21st century, we only have a limited sense of the challenges that were presented here. Yes, it sounds terrible to have a never-ending menstrual cycle. But you see, during this time and day, this condition had ramifications that went way beyond the hygiene or inconvenience factors that we might um, initially consider. Although those would have been a greater challenge in the first century than they would be today, this woman lived in a society governed by the law handed down by Moses from God. This law dealt with the topic of ritual cleaning. To summarize that, a woman or a person who was ritually clean was free to enjoy the benefits of being one of God's chosen people. On the other hand, the unclean person was excluded from participation in many of the activities that made life happy. In the book of Leviticus, the 15th chapter, 25 to 27, the law outlined that a woman with her condition was considered unclean. This came with certain consequences that she'd been living with for more than a decade. Now, just to keep it simple and practical, she was unclean. Now, get this. Anything she touched became unclean. So her chairs in her house would have been unclean. Her bed would have been unclean. Her pots and her pans would have been unclean. Even the broom she swept with would have been unclean. Everything 
that she came into contact with during her day became unclean. And if anyone else touched them, they too became unclean for the rest of the day. And they had to wash whatever she touched. As an unclean person, any person she touched or any person who touched her became unclean. Sound familiar? Normally, she would have practiced social distancing. Excuse me. <laughs> Normally, she would have kept away from any crowd or other persons or people because of this. But on this day, driven by her desperation, she chose as an act of her own will she chose to be brave. She chose to brave the crowd in an effort to receive healing. We've been through this uh, situation here, the shut-in, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. With that experience behind you, <clears throat> you can really think about what it would be like if no one could touch you or if no one could touch anything you had touched. You can even more closely imagine what it must feel like to be ostracized and cut off from all human contact, not welcome in any society. You could not have friends because your friendship would continually put them at risk. Now, having gone through what we've been through, you can see beyond the social isolation. This lady would have been spiritually isolated as well. She was socially isolated. We know about that social distancing. Only this lady was spiritually isolated as well. We don't know about that. She was not permitted to come into the synagogue where Jairus was the leader because simply sitting on a bench would make it unclean and unusable. Think about that. This lady was not welcome in the church or the synagogue in her day. This lady would not be permitted to journey to the temple and make a sacrifice for her sin. There were strict rules regarding entrance into the temple and no unclean person could even enter the temple complex, let alone make it to the altar where the sacrifices were made. It's, think about this, it's unlikely that she would have had a husband 
because no man would marry a woman who was continually unclean. She could have no children, and he wouldn't want to try. This lady, brothers and sisters, was alone, even in the crowd. There was no one. There was no one who would find any connection or common ground with her. Mark tells us that she had tried to fix this condition. However much money she had, she had spent it all on doctors who said they might be able to cure her, but they weren't. And now she had nothing left. And she had even lost hope that the medical profession of her day could do anything for her. One by one, opportunities faded away, and the doors have been closed in her face. And you see, at the point she was at, she had no options. I said, at the point that she had reached, she had no option, excuse me, except for Jesus. She'd heard the stories and the rumors of the people he had healed, thinking to herself possibly, surely their afflictions were no worse than hers. You see, lepers have been healed Paralyzed people were made able to walk. The blind were given sight. And she thought to herself, maybe Jesus could heal this condition, which had plagued her for so long. And that, brothers and sisters, is how she found herself in the crowd that day around Jesus. Jesus had come to her town. This was her opportunity. Feeling as low as she possibly felt, feeling probably Rejection, so much rejection, and so much pain from that rejection. She was unwilling to bother Jesus. So she plotted a path behind him that would allow her to touch a piece of his clothing. You see, she most probably felt in her heart that she was not important enough to take up any of his time. She just wanted a little piece of power to flow from Jesus to her. The Bible tells us that as soon as she touched Jesus, something happened. 
The Bible tells us as soon as she touched Jesus, she could feel the difference. This lady's miracle, instantaneous. And it was tangible. Tangible. At that moment, the flow of blood stopped. And whatever condition that was causing it was cured. The woman knew within herself that her faith had been satisfied. And the woman knew within herself that she had received the healing from Jesus she so desperately wanted. Now look, with no outward rejoicing, she blended into the crowd and tried to escape. She knew she had it. She knew she was healed. It was instantaneous and it was tangible. She knew she had received the healing that she wanted. And without any big hoopla, without any big rejoicing, she just blended right back into the crowd and tried to escape with this healing. But the Bible says Jesus had other plans. The Bible says as soon as the woman touched Jesus, Jesus knew. That's why we call this a passive miracle. Jesus knew after the woman had touched him. He knew what had happened. Jesus knew that her touch was different from all the touches that, you know, caused um, that he, he was receiving in this crowd. See, he knew that this wasn't just somebody bumping him or crowding him or shoving him or pushing him or even elbowing him. Jesus knew that this lady's touch was driven by the faith that only he could satisfy her need for healing. Are you hearing me this morning? Jesus, unwilling to let this pass quietly, stopped and asked out loud, who touched me? His disciples couldn't believe it. They felt the crowd around them. But they felt that crowd only in a way that a crowd pushes and pulls. They did not sense. They did not comprehend. And obviously they did not understand the touch of faith. When Jesus stopped, the woman knew then that she had been found out. You see, if Jesus knew that someone had touched him for healing, then it seemed reasonable that Jesus would know who had done it. 
Comment to Fearfully, the woman, dreading what Jesus would say, because all, understand this, her body had been healed, but her soul still had fear. Her soul still had demonic oppression. Her soul still had demons. One of them, fear, fearfully dreading what Jesus would say. Look at this. Uncertain. She had that spirit of uncertainty. How to crowd around her. And guess what else? She still had, had fear of man. Uncertain how the crowd around her would react. She came forward and told Jesus, what she had done and why. Talking about Jesus now. Rather than reacting in anger, that one such as this lowly woman had taken it upon herself to use his power. Use his power. Jesus responded through love and tenderness. Jesus' words affirmed and blessed what she had done and the healing that she had received. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. This wasn't the end of the journey. But it was the beginning of the end for this lady. The Jewish law outlined a period of time that she had to remain clean. Then she had to go to the temple for the first time in 12 years and make an offering. But for this lady, nameless woman, her faith, her faith, not Jesus' faith, not God's faith, her faith in Jesus, her faith in God, her faith in Jesus' ability, her faith in God's ability had changed everything. It turned her entire life around. It took that lady from hopelessness and despair to hope and anticipation. You see, this miracle is special to us because it begins with active faith and a passive Jesus. Unlike the other majority of the miracles, listen, brothers and sisters, God did not initiate the miracle. God responded to faith. Are you hearing me? God did not initiate this miracle. God responded to the faith of a person. We've seen miracles, and I'm going to talk about this more this week too, where faith was required. But you see, this miracle right here, it puts a big spotlight 
on what? Our faith. Her faith. Your faith. And my faith. Jesus would later on say, if someone has faith only as big as a mustard seed, not very big at all, they can say to a mountain, move over there and it will move. Brothers and sisters, post this in that chat room. Faith is the channel through which God moves in our lives. Faith is the channel through which God moves in our lives. It begins with the gospel. It begins with faith that Jesus paid the price. For our sins. And that Jesus offers us. The righteousness we need. This faith. This faith. Starts. The first big work of God. In our lives. We are made alive. Where before we were dead. We are adopted. Into the family of God. Where before we were enemies of God. We are given an inheritance and a future where before we had nothing but punishment coming. God's own Holy Spirit moves into our lives and brings the power of God with him. That power works when we have faith. 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 In its smallest, simplest definition means Taking something as fact based only on the character of God who said it. It means accepting what God says as true rather than what we observe or know for ourselves. You see, brothers and sisters, when we step into God's truth, amazing things begin to happen. The promises God made in the Bible become real and effective in your very own life. And we have confidence because Jesus said that he will never leave us. Hebrews 13, 5. Brothers and sisters, we understand love and we're able to love in return because of one reason. Because we have experienced God's love. And God's love produces and God's love focuses on producing a new kind of fruit Galatians 2, 23, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. You see, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.
when we come to God and don't believe, again, we make God in our own belief system to be a liar. God is faithful. He's not a liar. He never wavers. He never doubts. And he dispels all forms of unbelief because these displease the Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to renounce every holdback spirit in your life. I want you to renounce every stumbling block in your life. I want you to renounce every lie of the devil, even when God sent somebody to tell you the truth, and you don't believe him. It's still not going to stop God from blessing you. I gave you Nancy's testimony, living alive today. I can remember when I told Nancy, oh, look, Nancy, you're going to get your job back. They need, uh-uh, they, uh-uh, they're going to give you your job back. I can remember doubt and unbelief. Smack me in the face. I don't care. Don't make me no difference. If God said it, I believe it. And it will come to pass. So right now, I want you in the name of Jesus. Say, I renounce every stumbling block in my life. In the name of Jesus, I renounce every holdback spirit. You will not hold me back any longer. I renounce every blessing that God sent to me, and I didn't believe it. Lord, resurrect those blessings. As I get rid of this doubt and unbelief this morning, resurrect those blessings. Doubt and unbelief, Go! Get out. Go! Get out. Go! Get out. Go! Get out. All transference of spirit of doubt and unbelief. Go! Right now. All hold back spirits transferred through the words of any person spoken over me, around me, or to me. I command those words to fall to the ground wither up and die and go get out go in the name of Jesus go right now loose me loose my inheritance Jesus is Lord now Father God fill with your power fill with your presence fill this morning Fill God, fill every hole made by doubt and unbelief. Go! Doubt and unbelief, Mr. Stronghold, and go. 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 Fill God, fill, fill, fill. Fill with your power. Fill more of you, God, more of you. More of you, God. Thank you this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you this morning. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody say hallelujah. Come on again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listen. I will sing. And tell of your goodness. Because you are. Oh, glory. 
put your hands together, come on. If you believe it's great, if you believe it's money, yeah.
put your hands together, come on. If you believe it's great, if you believe it's mighty, yeah. Every tribe and tongue, we are. 